Welcome to Batyard's Finest, bringing you the finest of Batman and Superman and more in pop culture. I'm your host, Josh from Metropolis. How y'all doing? Um, I got a new haircut. We'll go in order. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is still Jerry, your Green Lantern from Oh, well, I'm posing because I still don't know if Josh is taking the picture yet, and I'm trying to make sure it's casual. Oh, I haven't done that. <laughs> Hi guys, right, I'm Matt from Gotham. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone posing like JoJo's? What the hell? <laughs> I'm getting over a sinus infection. That's. Are you feeling all right? <laughs> yeah, literally, it's just stuffiness and congestion. The worst part of it, because everything's yeah. like, mm, I don't know if this is a headache or a migraine. Yeah, and I just got my voice back. <laughs> Yeah, Matt sneezed wrong last night and lost his voice for about an hour. No, 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 no. My dogs ran away, so I yelled for their fucking names like an idiot. Which dog? Sigh and Hope. The usual players. That was a few nights. That was like a week. I've been fighting my voice being gone for almost like three days. Like, uh, was it Thursday? Thursday night. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. It's been a week. Oh my like a like a business week. <laughs> standard standard travel time whenever you order a package, which is three business days with expedited shipping. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um so besides your dogs running away, Matt, do you have any BSBS you want to share? Uh BSBS, yes. Um actually the funny thing is this uh I literally saw this like yesterday and I kind of started diving into it today, like 20 minutes on the PlayStation with my friend Steve. Uh, finds out Marvel is postponing four uh, major movies uh, that are coming out recently. Uh, so we're getting postponed uh, Black Panther, no, uh, Blade, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, Secret Wars, and uh, supposedly a few other un entitled movies that we're supposed to get but it's funny because blade is starting is was supposed to start pre uh, not pre-production no they are supposed to start like production next month but do they just lost their director they had to go find another director so they're postponing the release date to next year and it's taking deadpool's rela- release date not next year i mean 2024 but it's taking deadpool's release date and then Deadpool was going for Fantastic uh, Fantastic Four's release date, and every movie is taking every other movie's behind its original release date. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> That's a but, lot of yeah. pushing back. Yeah, it's pushing back yeah, a what's lot. What's the reason? Why did they uh, because they're right now everybody else's release date is getting pushed back. I'm looking at it because of Blade, because Blade's the head horse here. Uh, it's because the director is uh, dropped out, so they have to find a new director. So they're pushing back other movies for Blade to come out, get properly started up again. So, but in my head, is like we could still work on everything else and get everything else properly out. But it looks like their schedule is like Blade's first. There's a reason for Blade to come out first, so this is what we're doing. But in my head, I still don't know how Blade's going to fit into the Marvel Universe due to its content in its comics. 
Are they getting the same way they're making Deadpool fit? I know. It's just, it's just, I don't, I like the thing is, I understand the same way they're going to do Deadpool, but it feels like it's going to take away from that character so much <laughs> that it's just going to be a, a watered down blade that's going to be cracking stupid jokes and having barely of a oh, motivation. Why? why would they do that? Oh, it, um... like he's going to be breaking the fourth wall. Like Deadpool? No, 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 no. He's just gonna be so dumbed down because Blade's character is so gory. He's His comics violent. are like, yeah, violent, adult. It's really adult content throughout that whole series. Mm-hmm. That's like if you go back to even the original Blade trilogy. We don't speak about the non-rated edition movie uh, or the TV show <laughs> that they had, but. Uh, that series brought out a bunch of it, and they still didn't push all the content that they could do in the comics, but they did enough of it to show us that's the universe they're in. And all those movies were rated R, I believe. <laughs> PG-13 or rated R. Were they PG- all right. It was one of them. And are, I think that was probably... going to have Marshala Ali do Blade? Last time I knew, yes, unless he oh, thinks yeah. he's waiting too long. I just no. The only thing I've been seeing is that the director's dropped out. He hasn't dropped out yet. I I'm assuming if he's impatient, uh, due to like whole being held up, I would like he would drop out. But if he has enough patience, he stays around for a while. Because I feel this like does, Disney offered him a sweet deal enough for him to they probably get around. They probably did, but like at the same time, is like I get it. He's been waiting. He's been announced as Blade for what almost a year now. I think year and a half, maybe two. <clears throat> yeah, so he's being really good with his patience with this movie being started up now. Like, what is about to start up now? And now he's being postponed for another year. No? no, like next month was the starting of everything. They're in oh. post. They're now they're in pre-production, and they're going to actually get into the final bits of it and go into production next month. Hmm. So well, hopefully it's not that long of a wait, and they can still maybe push it forward earlier than what they project. Even with the director leaving, that kind of sucks. I was looking forward to that, but I guess I can. Was the director was the guy that did all the Star Trek movies, the new ones? Yeah. So I can't remember his name, but uh, was it J.J. Abrams? No, I know J.J. Abrams did the first Star Trek. And I think he did. No, no, that was JJ. I need to look back because the guy they mentioned, he said it was he was on the Star Trek stuff. So let me go back and look before I eh, ruin this again. Yeah, he did. He did the, uh, he did the Star Trek movies. Uh, oh, nice. And JJ Abrams has done a lot of films that I like. Man. Yeah, he's kind of hit miss for me. I think he's a good director. I don't think he's right. <laughs> I don't think he's a good writer. Yeah, just leave the directing. I agree there. Yeah, that's when you get Star Wars, um, the last, what is it called? Blessed Skywalker, The Last of Force Awake. <laughs> what is this shit called? <laughs> oh. The Last, the last Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah. Skywalker, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to gonna try to touch his name. I'm not even going to try to say this man's name because I know I'm not even going to be, yeah, I'm going to ruin the, Just I'm not going to pronounce this person's name. Nope. Go for uh, it. The, uh, no. Go for it. Uh, 
Do it. Mayu de Mayo? De Mayo. I've never heard DeMayo. of him. Uh, he helped. This person, like, helps. Uh, that's where I got the confusion because I saw the. It's a screen uh, script writer. And this movie's been under several rounds of rewrites. So. Oh, no. Always a good sign. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, no. Never mind. But this person has helped <laughs> work on Star Trek. Strange New Worlds, uh, The Witcher, and it's animation feature spinoff stuff and all this other, and uh, Marvel Moon Knight. So, Moon Knight supposedly got a positive reaction from audience, so I'm just going to say he, this person did well, a good job. Hopefully, uh, you know, this movie does great with the rewrites. Keep but it up. Now we just need to find a director. Get, you don't want to get cyberbullied. Uh, like the Marvel, like the Mar Mario movie. <laughs> Thanks to Sonic. I was gonna use that, you asshole. Uh <laughs> oh yeah, that new trailer came out. Yeah. Yeah, the new trailer dropped like last week. Cause I so, was gonna talk about how a lot of people on the internet are saying Chris Pratt is not Mario. Jack Black is Bowser's good. Personally, I think he could do better, but that's just me. No, I'm, then, I'm, yeah, I don't think Chris makes a good Mario. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, they should have got the guy who's been voicing Mario for the last thirty years to give to do lines. He's for in one. the movie. He's in oh, yeah. the he's not movie. Voicing Mario? No, he's not. If he ain't he's Mario, he's not in characters. the movie. I know. It's bullshit. But he's voicing. Who's he? Who's he doing the movie is, then? They don't name the characters. He's mostly miscellaneous characters throughout the movie. But the funny thing is, he is. Goompas. But the funny thing is, is that he's voiced Bowser. He's voiced Luigi, Wario, Wario. Waluigi, Waluigi. He's everybody. Mar he's like every male character that has a voice throughout freaking Mario's history. Charles. And Charles everybody. Martinet. Martinet. That's his name. I'd probably butchered his last name, but I wanted to say it. <laughs> so people know. So yeah, he's so he's in like he's in the movie as miscellaneous characters. And uh, it's like it's even it's just crazy because all the characters that he's voiced all got actual actors, but like the main character is Mario that he mm -hmm. does, so he should just should be dropped into the hot seat of Mario in this movie. Just be Mario. Like he's always is. But the funny thing is, I've been seeing people do like the comparison thanks to the trailers. Like Mario, Mario comes in, he's like, "Where?" Like the something about the Mushroom Kingdom. It's like, "What is this place?" And they do the there's a screen of like a clip from uh, the old nine the nineteen nineties Mario with uh, freaking Bob Hoskins saying, "Where the hell am I?" <laughs> like saying, "Who did mm -hmm. it better?" <laughs> And Bob Hoskins. We all know better, Mario swears like a sailor. Uh, of course, he's a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say the animation looks really uh, pristine. It looks really great. Just the voice acting is the thing that puts a bad taste in my mouth. It's not getting the original Mario and just getting uh, you know, Chris Pratt and like these high oh. A list celebrities to do all these voice you know voice well, acting when we have all these these yeah. voice actors who are like trained in doing voice acting and now everyone it seems like they're really getting more celebrities 
as time goes on with animated movies. Like it, they're getting it's more and more. Like, it's almost stars. as if they're trying to do what Ezra Miller's doing. Oh fuck that! Uh, no, uh, which no, Ezra uh, Miller trying to kill people? <laughs> He's getting the, the the role of he got the role of the Flash and he absolutely butchered it. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> he's still he's still the Flash butchering it. Yeah. Uh no, but the thing is, uh, what's that? I was watching a because of damn that damn it, uh, Transformers freaking episode. I went down a good like like uh, a good run on YouTube, just watching a bunch of old Transformer stuff, people breaking down mo- the movies a little bit and seeing where they could like been better, where they could have fixed it. And like people looking at different designs of the Autobots and stuff. And there's a part where the main voice actors for Megatron and Optimus Prime were talking about how like, yeah, we went down the lines and it's kind of bullshit because Spines finds out voice actors for like standard, like, like basically TV shows and video games, they all do this union setup, and a lot of people don't want to do the union setup, and so they try to wiggle around and find people outside oh, yeah. the union and do get actors mm-hmm. instead of just going for them because they have to pay a certain rate for them. Yeah, because with the union, they want a flat rate where you know yeah, directors the proper come in flat and try rate. to underball you. Yep. Yeah, so they rather go for you're not a well, you're not a named actor, so. Chump change, crispy. I don't know if you saw it, but the English voice actor for Mob on Mob Psycho, he might not be voicing him in season three because he's with the union and Funimation doesn't want to pay him his money. I think, I think you told me about that. Mm-hmm. I think you told me about that a few, like a maybe a <sighs> like a month back. But oh, wow, that's bullshit. That's crazy. <laughs> that is. That's bullshit. if you change that's if you change Mob's voice. It's just gonna be like it's gonna change the whole like anime. It's gonna be what the fuck? Why? Well, since Matt took my BSBS, I'm here to oh. remind everyone that DC versus Vampires is officially at nine out of twelve. So we're three quarters of the way done. Fuck yeah! Oh, nice. Okay. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I've got a bunch of comics that I picked up, new and old. Because my comic book store just had their, I think, 45th anniversary of business. So they had a bunch of good deals. That's nice. Anything, like, did they do anything big for their uh, 45th anniversary? Or is it just a sale? It's basically like a big blowout sale. You could, where people are getting comics and vinyls for, like, I think two bucks and Mm -hmm. under for some really good ones. They had 10 free items free that you didn't have to buy at all just for showing up. Um, I think one location even had like a small local live band playing like for a small set. Okay. It was, you know, I I do remember going to them when I was younger, but I'm like, man, I think it's been 45 years. That's crazy. Damn. (laughs) Uh, What else? I feel like I had some other BSBS, but that was the main two. I have one thing. Right. Um, apparently, there is talks um, that Henry Cavill, it's like continually building that Henry Cavill is going to be in Black Adam. Even The Rock's kind of like talking about it in like 
interviews. He doesn't like deliberately say that he's going to be in the movie, but he's like, he's been on the sidelines for too long and like basically he needs to be in the franchise, like in the universe. So there's like more and more talks that he's going to be in the movie. I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know when black, I don't even know when black Adam comes out to be honest. It seems like it's soon because like trailers are coming out. I think it's this month. In like two weeks, maybe. Really? Oh, let me look it up. Look um, up. I gotta look this up because I thought it was like. Oh yeah, it is like. this month. It's October twenty first. Oh fuck. Okay. Oh, it's next week. Next oh, week. <laughs> I remember. I remember the other BS BS I have. Yes. You evil man. It looks like you have an evil plan. <laughs> it is evil. It's very evil. In fact, I didn't mean. I can wait. I didn't mean to cut Josh off. But looking it up, maybe no, that, that that was really that was basically it. I guess now I have to watch oh. Black Adam, which I don't really want. So, so wait, <laughs> I hope the thing is like, comes in the movie because I like him as Superman. I think he's a pretty good actor all around. He hasn't done anything as far as the projects I didn't, you know, think was pretty all right or good. Yeah, the thing is, just no, I agree with that. I would like to see him again. But I want him. Uh, I don't, it just hurts me because, like, it's because we hear the talk is Black Adam's gonna have it's Black Adam. Then we're gonna have the Shazam is gonna show up somewhere at one point or be in yeah, it, like do I mean. a thing. Like, yeah. And then we're gonna have Superman's gonna be in it. We got these top three Titans of fucking characters, and there are basically three gods in a room. And are we gonna have them as like mini cutscene bullshit like thing? Is like. Black Adam's gonna fly through Metropolis and like Superman's just gonna be like, "What the fuck you doing, dude? You're going fast, dude. Yeah. Stop what you're doing, dude." Yeah. Like, I am like, a little Shazam's bit worried about that. Cut scene shit. Yeah, I'm worried about that, and I'm worried about like Matt was saying with them being three gods in a room, like just them pummeling each other to a pulp, and then that's the whole fucking movie. Like, I don't need to see that either. You know, like yeah, I've gotten to know that. Why. Yeah, that's, I am that, done with we that. We saw that Man of Steel. Like that's yeah, that's what I mean. Those two I, gods. Like I want Superman to use his wits a little bit more. Yeah, give me an intelligent Superman. Abilities. Yeah, it's just the uh, people have to write it that way. We we like, I can see so Henry, ma- yeah, we mentioned it's like so Henry Cavill times. can do intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Let's see it happen with Superman. I agree with that. <laughs> it's like, the I other BSBS I had is this is so it actually fits in time for spook uh, Spooktober. So I got a notification yesterday from Google that I thought I turned off years ago for Silent Hill, and there it's a rumor right now. I can't confirm it, but allegedly the president over the studio that did the Silent Hill games back on PlayStation Two says that more games are coming. Okay. I never played right. really any Silent Hill <laughs> games. I played, oh. I watched somebody do a playthrough of one of the old Silent Hills, and that game is freaky as hell because the enemy would learn like, oh, you like to hide in this room? A cowabunga it is, buddy. And they would just oh, bust geez. in the room and kill you. Oh, good God. So you couldn't um, just hide all the time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
I like the aesthetic. Uh, wait, you mean do you mean game or movie? Because this yeah. the article I'm seeing here is that the Silent Hill film director, Silent Hill game uh for slash was it Silent Hill Silent Hill game currently in development, but they're stating that we're getting the movie and a game. <laughs> I games. I didn't see movies. This is what the article that's stating to me, and it's a day ago. And then here's another article eight hours ago. Multiple Silent Hill games in the works, says director. So that's probably the news that you got. Too. Yeah, that's like, the that's one that you I got. I didn't hear anything about another movie. And then we I hope got, we don't yeah. get another movie. That second one was atrocious. Well, we don't even know where they're going. Would they continue from fucking two, or they make a whole new franchise? That's they have thing. to make a new franchise. They I'll go with a new franchise. So they finished and the we Pyramid gotta, Head thing. And we, Jerry, we have to use the pillar man that you've been just see, sending me like the last few weeks. <laughs> and the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But I really do hope that Silent Hill makes a comeback. It's, I think it kind of fell to the wayside because everyone just flocked to Resident Evil. When, you know, Silent Hill, it's it's a psychological horror that you don't catch on to. And I always liked it about that. I haven't played one. I don't plan to play one because that game is freaky. I was playing. But I playing definitely think one. Silent Hill needs its time for resurgence to give Resident Evil a run for their money and make them do better games. The thing is that Resident Evil is not good. It's not, they're not going to flinch because ever since, well, I think they should flinch because lately they've been doing rem- remakes of their games. And if Silent Hill does come back with like the freaking sucker punch of the fucking century <laughs> oh, to them, it just, uh, it'd be nuts. But like, the village was not a bad game. That was a really fucking good game. Yeah, it was no. Stop playing for your hair, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about Silent Hill to have really much of an opinion. I just seen the movie <laughs> because Jerry told me to watch it. Hi, cat. Jerry told me to watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all the BS I've got. Yeah. All right. So my last thing is like bullshit. So Josh, do you have anything real that you want to talk about? <laughs> no, that was it. The, the only thing I had was okay. I, thing. I get to say my dumb bull right now that Steve <laughs> wants me to ask Jerry. Something about he wants me to ask you what's your thing about K pop? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh. tell Steve that I can't answer that question for he's watching right safety. now. Steve, he's I can't answer watching. that because of fear of my own safety. But, um, I got you tonight <laughs> when I get on PlayStation. Yeah, you can, you can answer that off, off, off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. We're not. Live. He just wanted me to ask. <laughs> <laughs> but that's everything I got. Fingers crossed on Silent Hill. Really hoping for that game. We're gonna get a movie. Oh, it'll be fun. <laughs> um. All right. I guess that's all the BSBS. So I guess we're gonna move on to the main events. Uh, we are doing Horseman versus Horseman: The Legend of Sleepy Hollow versus Sle- Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. Um, so we're going to talk about the 1949 short Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, directed by Clyde Gorami and Jack Kinney. Um, I'm probably saying those names wrong. 
Um, and I would like Jerry to discuss yes. Disney yes. Classic. This is the one I want. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is you said this is forty nine, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. 49. Because I thought you said 44. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. So <laughs> this is the 1949 uh, early telling of the Headless Horseman. It is about a silver-tongued fox named Ichabod Crane who wanders into a sleepy town where he is, you know, oogling and ogling women. He's educating the youth, but really he's just a bum getting a free meal by flirting with women. <laughs> and then I'm not going to call her a Jezebel because Katrina was a nice woman, at least how she was depicted in here. But soon he falls in suit with all the other gentlemen in the town of Sleepy Hollow. And he has uh, strong feelings of affection for the, I'm going to just call him a nobleman because I can't remember what he was. The wealthy man's daughter, Katrina. And his only other competitor for love was Brow. But Brow was steadily losing favor with Katrina because Ichabod was just so animated with everything he did. And very sly because he took some roses out of a fucking pot in her own house and gave it to her. And I just want to know how she didn't think like, huh, these are the same flowers I looked at this morning. No, and no. Then, uh, you know, then things continue on when until it is a gathering for the town at the estate of the wealthy man and Katrina. And it's basically just a huge party. Everybody's dancing, eating, having a good time. And then you know, obviously Ichabod's dancing with Katrina and then Brow's just kind of brooding, just like, oh, I'm going to gonna beat this guy up. And then he has the idea to yeah. use one of the women that Ichabod would see, quote unquote, really flirt and get a free meal out of because he's a bum. And he was like, oh, well, if I dance with her, Ichabod would be jealous and I could dance with Katrina. But that backfired horribly because that little four foot one woman picked up this like, Six five Jack dude, like he was a toddler, and was just swinging him around. Oh and yeah, of course. <laughs> and then you know, Brow's like, "Okay, I've had enough of this. You're going in the broom closet." And he tries to make Ichabod fall into the cellar to no avail because he's too light on his feet. And so then, Brow remembers that katrina's father is a sucker for a ghost story he loves a good scary story and he knows ichabod is a coward so he tells a horrifically graphic story of a headless horseman you know going out looking for his head but he'll take the first one he can see and this of course scares ichabod so much that he leaves the party early no he doesn't leave early he leaves the party and he is haunted by the visions of the horseman in the dead of night and he is no longer seen. It is speculated, you know, that he moved to the next town over, started a family and so on. And then Katrina and Brow were married. And the story ends there. Or he just died. Or he died. Yeah, you don't know. Or the headless horseman took him away. You, you don't know, you know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, I want to start off by saying I thought Ichabod Crane was an absolute fucking 
a vagrant. A complete vagrant. <laughs> I like the short. I just think he was a vagrant. How are you going yeah. to come into town and be like, oh, I got a, he's got a little black book. And he's like, oh, your mom's good at uh, making the pie. Your mom's good at uh, roasting a hen and all this stuff. I'm like, you fucking creep. That is a predatory behavior. What's wrong with you, dude? It, it, yeah. You don't just take your two shillings to the general goods store and buy you some salted meat and cook it. No. They gave him. I would. I would. I would. I would. on this being, one for being thankful for for teaching the kids. You know, but okay. So what did Jerry teach him? <laughs> All the characters, all the characters in this, all the main characters, Katrina, Ichabod, Brom Bones, they're all not, like, good characters. They're all, like, immorally not righteous, you know? So no, Ichabod just wants because... Katrina basically because he wants her, her father's wealth, and she's kind of hot, but, like, he's more in it for the money. Katrina is playing both of the characters. Like, she's playing yes. Brom. For, for, you know, she's playing Brom to have him jealous of Ichabod, and she's playing Ichabod as well. I think she's just more infatuated with Brom, to be honest. No, she is. The... She is more because she's playing mm-hmm. him playing the, him more because she would give that turn back. Like, you see what yeah. I'm doing right now? She was doing, she was she's doing playing it his to make fiddle. him jealous on purpose. Yes. Oh, yeah. She exactly. wanted that. More than Ichabod. And, and, and Brom Bones is just trying to scare Ichabod the whole time and, like, pummel him to the ground, basically. So all the characters are immoral, which is great. I love how, like, no one is completely innocent through this love triangle. And the, and you don't even get to the scary horror elements until, like, the last, you know, third of the movie, really. You don't even hear about the Headless Swordsman until mm-hmm. the Halloween party and Brom Bones knows that... uh Ichabod is superstitious, you know. Um, I wanted to ask you guys. I know Matt has seen this before. Um, have Have you seen this before, Jerry? Have you seen this prior? Like, I have not. Past? Oh, I have man. not seen this or the movie like ever. This oh is wow, that's amazing. Okay, that's cool. Because this now, is see, the, I I'll speak on the movie and why I've never seen that when we get there. But this, yeah. I've never seen it. Like, and I've even watched Aristocrats. Um, and some of the older Disney stuff, but I, nobody I knew just ever played this one. <laughs> yeah, I watch this. I watch this every year for Halloween. Like this is like an annual thing I watch. Um, I think this is one of Disney's best animated features, just in general. I think the pacing oh, is great. Doubt. I I love everything about it. Um, Bing Crosby is a big thing about it. He's a uh, you know he's a narrator. Who if you don't know, Bing Crosby was basically the biggest, highest uh, American entertainers before, like, even Frank Sinatra, the Beatles. Like, he was, like, that generation's version of, like, the highest um, known, like, entertainer at that point. So, like, Bing Crosby was a huge name. And you wouldn't, like, really think, like, oh, Bing Crosby sings White Christmas. Like, that wouldn't be the guy you would think, like, oh, he's going to narrate a Halloween story. But the movie, it kind of his voice does fit the the short like in a in a surprising way which you wouldn't really think like initially if you just think oh Bing Crosby Christmas and Halloween like you wouldn't really think it works but it really does and I like how like most of the uh animation characters is done through physical um 
physical conversation or well, physical like uh, body language um there's not really that much dialogue which i i like a lot i think that really works for the for the whole anime short i don't want to talk too much because i have like i could just keep praising this so i'll let you guys keep go go ahead oh no i was gonna follow suit behind you i definitely love i like the dialogue that we did get because i'm a big sucker for you know the whimsical and you know like up and down bouncy just goofy cartoon style yeah because MG, MGM's old set of cartoons, those were my favorite. And my favorite one that they did was always going to be Honeyland with the bees just, you know, dancing, singing, and doing everything that they do in the frames. And then one character who I, even though he was a dickhead and a kind of a, a douche, was Braun because... Even, like, everybody knew, like, yeah, he's a jokester. He likes a, a trick. You know, there's nothing wrong with that as an adult. Some people are just always like that. But when he started, like, all right, Ichabod, I'm going to rough you up. I'm Here's a pistol. Meet me at high noon. I'm like, okay, buddy, back off. You can get any woman in town. Stop falling for this trick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like with... um. Even in, even in the beginning of the narration, like the Bing Crosby says, there's no mischief to his malice. Like basically saying that, you know, he jokes around, he screws around, but he's not really like, per- he's not like internally like a terrible person. He just likes to play jokes on people. Like he's not really doing it to, um, to hurt anyone. It's just more like he's mm-hmm. playing like fun and games kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um I, I have more comparisons I want to get into, but I, I want Matt to talk. He hasn't really said much. So so what are your what are your thoughts, Matt? You I know you've seen that? this before because we watched this in yeah, our I think we <laughs> we did, and I, I believe we did a podcast <laughs> with this already. <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't do a podcast about this. I thought we did. I remember watching it for forget an episode year back <laughs> like years back. Oh, uh, <laughs> Okay, so how how I, I'm just not I'm not gonna lie. Ichabod's design. I'm gonna go to Ichabod with this. I his design is he's an ostrich. He's a fucking yeah. human ostrich. The whole time he's walking, bobbing his head, freaking has his long fucking neck. The nose doesn't help. That's his fucking beak. Yeah, and it's just walking like it's just an ostrich walking through. And then food is just this indicator. I'm gonna be aggressive and get that fucking food. That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just I don't like it. This one, like th- watching this now more, and I just see more of like his like mannerisms. Kind of, like, I I he kind of annoyed me the whole time. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> with his mannerisms. I'm just like. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna do that. You're, oh, you're, you're just going after the parents now, doing this and getting the free food, like Jerry's saying. I'm like, we're going oh, yeah. down I this mean, route with you. If you're a poor like teacher, you would totally try to get. No, out I get it. No, I, get. I, I get it. I would do the same thing. 100. Like, no, Ichabod was slanging his meat around to get some of That's that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, he wasn't teaching did. kids. He was making parents. <laughs> No, I'm just yeah. No, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. He's not a good. No. He's not like immoral. Like he, he, he is not like a perfect character. You know, I wouldn't say he's no, like no. someone. 
kids should look up to or anyone. But that's it's it's pretty true to the story. Like this is this adaptation is very accurate to the original book. Source oh, it is. Yeah, it's Damn. super accurate. Like very, <laughs> very. Fuck, good. Ichabod is a <laughs> yeah. dick. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought he was just like really. I always thought he was more like he should have been more of like a timid fucking person that just like like all this no, other shit. He wasn't yeah. that. He's God, he was he's like this in the book, and they even use lines that are in the book, like in the songs, especially like uh, the Katrina song. Like um, right before the Katrina song uh, happens, it's like. She's like ripe as a peach and like melting and all those those like very vivid imagery of this like fluffy uh, um, exuberant language, um, which is used in Washington Irving's writing. Like those that like bits of uh, that dialogue is in the book, like how he explains what. Um, yeah, I, can, looks I got like. that. Okay. Yeah, because so that's like directly from was the book. describing. Oh. What were you saying, Josh? No, no, I'm just saying, yeah, no. I was just saying it's directly from book. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was just for the same, the same thing because when the very bright words he picked to describe her, I'm like, I was thinking when I was watching this, this feels like it's coming right from the source material. Yeah. Because trying to describe this as a cartoon back then, I would have picked something very different, you know, maybe something kind of cheesy even. He went right for she was uh, as fresh as a peach, as ripe as uh, autumn's morning and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, he's really trying to set up that this woman is oh, yeah. the yeah. hottest thing in town. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so how big is this freaking book? Like, is it a good the chapter book's not book? That, it's a, or is it's it... a short story. Um <laughs> I actually, you know, I was actually listening to uh, the audiobook version while I was like on a hike, um, and like <laughs> it's very, it's super, it's um, this adaptation, this Disney adaptation, is very, very accurate. Like it's, it's so close that like the only things that are like missing is the depictions of like the food that they're smelling and like the food that they're ingesting and like uh, the atmosphere of the the landscape like of sleepy hall the town itself just like how the language is like fluffing it out but like you get all that mm -hmm. with the images and imagery anyway so like you it's kind of funny to say like this kid one the one made for kids is like super accurate to the book once we get to this other version the tim burton version that it's like completely different like this is oh like, that one's like very different from really from far away what this is um so yeah i don't know it, it's very very accurate i do recommend um if you guys get a chance to read the book or uh, listen to it on audio it's it's definitely worth a listen um hmm. even even with I this cartoon you could um you could just listen to it with like the narration and stuff and just pick up what's going on you know like i mean but you don't want to do that because the, the animation and drawings are like just so vivid and and just picturesque. Like you don't want to miss it. But that being said, with just the audio itself, like you, you know what's going on. Just like with the narration, Bing Crosby's like crisp voice, and especially they utilize Bing Crosby when he's doing like the singing part when he's like uh, teaching the uh, students 
the singing students like in the in his choir basically like he's like doing the bum bums and stuff that's like that's like a signature mm-hmm. of Bing Crosby like boom 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 boom, boom. like that's that's uh, that's a Bing Crosby thing um, and the the difference in the book with it's not just uh, he just sees Katrina on the street and he's like infatuated with her he's she's actually like one of his private students for the singing um so that's they get the connection and like he finds out like her well through that she's like oh well you're a private student and then he sees her house and then that's how he kind of finds out about all the the benefits of being a fan tassel (laughs) gotcha that's like i was wondering i'm like the only difference yeah I was going to say, the attraction seems like it just sparked out of nowhere. That was going to be, like, my very next question. Yeah. (laughs) It did. Because one thing I did want to compliment is the animation. And two of my favorite frames that they animated was the the headless horseman throwing the flaming pumpkin. Yes. And then when Ichabod is going through the chase with the headless horseman like when he's going to the gate and you know he's being you know spun around by the tree he's trying to gallop as fast as he can across the bridge i was like man this is where all the animation budget went right here yeah i could tell that they did a lot of framework just from how everything was so much yeah um another detail just with that is uh Every time, like with during the Ichabod headless horseman chase, every time you see Ichabod, like during the chase, he's his background is always blue. It's always like a cool, cool color scheme, like a lot of blues, greens, you know. And then once you see the headless horseman, the background's super red and super vibrant. So yeah, this was back in the day where they had to meticulously plan it out, like where they're going to have the animation frames. Because they would have both characters on the screen at the same time. So, like, first you would see Ichabod, and then they would zoom out. It would be still the same background um, with the painting. It would They would zoom out, and then once you see the Headless Horseman, then, like, the red would take over. So, like, it, like within the same painting, you have the blue, and then when the Headless Horseman comes, the red comes out. Um, which is, like, a very uh, interesting detail, which you would... You pick up like the more you watch it. Like every time I watch this, I like I get more and more out of it, and I love the build up to just the headless horseman itself. I think it's like straight up like five minutes, where it's like Ichabod and his horse just going through, you know, the the trails of Sleepy Hollow in New York, and like the, I love that image of the hands going over the moon, like it's just like a cloud of hands going over the moon. Yes, I yes, love that. It's I forgot so all cool. about that. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like everyday things are just scaring them, you know, like a tree with fireflies, you know, it looks like it's going to grab them. And then, like, you're relieved with the character and the horse. Like, they're laughing, like, oh, this is silly. And you're kind of, you're with them at the same time because all this buildup and all this tension, you're like, oh, nothing's going to happen. He's fine. And then right when you're, like, kind of at that point of, like, you're relaxed and relieved and you're breathing, you're kind of a sigh of relief. The headless horseman comes up and then fucking the bright hellish red comes out in the background. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It's just like, it's so intense. And I love just like, especially when the horse like jumps and you get that, uh, 
that like uh, that horn section, like boo boo like, and he lands. I like it's so cool. <laughs> I love that. Part. Yeah, that was something else. I was <laughs> All of the sound effects they used were so on point. I'm like, I had to. I watched it in its entirety, but I definitely rewatched some scenes because. Oh yeah. <laughs> it just wowed me so much. I was like, they really did such a fantastic job with everything. And it's like I said, I like the short. I just hate Ichabod, but everybody else is just <laughs> That's I'm the same feel. I love everything. Is, she knows what she has, and she just wants to flaunt it a little bit. But I think we all knew she wanted to get with Braum, with Braum. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Ichabod was just a little boy toy to make him jealous. 100%. And then even between the banter between Brahm and Ichabod going back and forth, I'm like, you can tell he knows, but it's the frustration of it all. Yeah. It's because like, Ichabod I, is just playing with it more. It's just the fucked up thing. It's like that. He's one, feeding it more like, yo, bitch, I got this girl. You don't got her. Like, but she wants me. She wants me. She's doing this. You don't have a chance. Get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to throw him away. When, That's like, all he wants to do. Like, he, he has, like escorts her to her house. And, like, Brahm is, like, carrying all this shit of, like, potatoes and flour you know, that's when you actually feel bad for the character because he's like looking over like all this stuff scene. like he's holding, and you're like, oh, you know, what? I actually feel bad for Brom. You know, <laughs> I fucking point. hate it. I fucking hated that scene so much. And freaking uh, Ichabod had to put it all up on, put it back up when he fell over. He helps. Doesn't he picks everything back up and puts it on top of him again. And puts the potato on on there and takes her away. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I loved all that stuff. And he's I like, hate I thought that was funny myself. All too. the potatoes, and then he grabs his nose, and then like he sees his eyes, and he's like gonna blow up like a volcano. Like he puts the flower on his face. I love. And then he stuff. puts all oh, the I, stuff back on him. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, I hated it because like. He's just like it just all happened. Just a freaking just a dick, and it, it was funny. Yes, I will be agree with you, but it's just like the situation. If that really happened, I would just feel so bad seeing that to happen. Someone you really, no, you know I, I, I agree like, with that. I, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like every character is not righteous. Like they're all immoral. So like I don't really feel bad for any of them. You know, like. What happens to Brom? What happens to Ichabod? Like, I do feel a little bad at that moment for Brom because he's just, like, being overwhelmed. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. But it's, like, more comedic than anything. And then, like, what when Ichabod gets his comeuppance at the end, like, with the pumpkin at the face and, like, you don't want – you don't – you you're kind of on his side. At least I am as an audience member. you like – you know, you kind of want him to su- succeed at the end, maybe get the girl or, like, you know, find a different goal in success at the end of the movie. But, like, he just basically is completely eradicated. You don't know what happened to Ichabod. And all they find is his hat and the horse is, like, on the side of the road. And you're like, what the hell happened to this guy? You know, like, you're, it's it keeps it ambiguous. And you don't know if he's dead or alive, which I like. I think it's more fucked up or interesting where you don't know what happened to the character. Um, I like that myself what? too. Yeah, Just because it adds another air of mystery. Like you know, was he hallucinating the whole time? Was the headless horseman actually real? 
because he was just, you know, up and gone without a trace. And then some people are like, yeah, he's still alive. And others are like, no, he's not. Everybody's, you know, in a big disagreement. It's like he's like Jimmy Hoffa. Where is he buried? Yeah. Obviously, at the 15 yard line in the giant, the giant stadium. We, we know that. Like, oh, God, no. You would bring him up. I would I, I bring up Jimmy the- Hoffa. The thing is, I would like to say at the at the end is that the Headless Horseman was real for this story, and he really got taken away by the Headless Horseman because all the scenes, everything that we've been seeing, like he was riding the Horseman's freaking horse at one moment, and like other than that, you like would you, like would you not like notice like you're on a stump at one moment if you're like actually hallucinating all this shit? Or you're on your actual horse doing stuff because this horse was actually left behind at one fucking moment. So, like, this, I would say this is more the Hitler's horseman was real, or they had a good double guy that would do a great job at being the Hitler's mm-hmm. horseman and scare the shit out of him. Because if you go by, if we, this is all Ichabod's like point of view at the end here, if you took off the fucking head and threw it at him, he would have not seen a person's face if it's a proper like setup at night. He would not have seen a person's face. It would be a headless man still. So it could have been another guy that set him up at night to scare him away. So here, here's what I find the two answers to be. And you could pick your own. It's kind of like you choose your own story. You pick your ending. How dare you cool. give me a multiple choice? No, well, I'm just, <laughs> that's like basically because they keep the ending ambiguous. See, so, like, either it's Brom Bones, he has a black horse, you know, he told the Headless Horseman story to Ichabod. Um, he basically wants him to be run out of town, so he gets a girl in the end. But the one part where you're like, maybe he is the real Headless Horseman is when Ichabod looks down his his neck cavity, and like, know you don't know yeah. what he's seen. But, like, his reaction is just, like, he's seen the most horrifying thing. Like, like it's just, like, a stump of a head. And he, mm-hmm. he saw all the organs <laughs> that would be within the vertebrae. So, I think, I think the most likely reason, like, within the story is it's Rom just trying to chase Ichabod away. But I think the most, more fun thing is to say the Headless Horseman is real. Um... And they even say that in the end of the the film, it's like uh, they heard, "Oh, Ichabod had children, and he lived a happy life." And then Bing Crosby says, "You know, well, we can't believe such nonsense because we all know that the headless horseman really drove him away." So, like, they're really trying to imply that it was really the headless horseman. But like, if you look mm-hmm. up in between the lines, you could just say, "You know, it was Brom the whole time." But Especially the thing like wasn't Bron he had the still horse, at the party? he had everything. I thought he was well, still at the party, the party when Ichabod left. It's at the end of the party. I, th- yeah, oh, it was I thought it was like more Ichabod when he left. I thought he more. I thought he left more at like while everyone's still gathered there. Like yeah, well, him running away. If Bronze did ride fast enough, he would have caught up. So he probably yeah. Yeah, and and like the horse that Ichabod has is a rundown horse. It's like basically on its last legs. And Brom has this stud mm-hmm. of a horse, you know, like he mm-hmm. definitely would have caught up. So, like that's the race horse that's been racing for ten man. years. 
But that's what I mean. Like whatever you want, your ending to be, you could pick it, and that's what I like about this story. Like you could make it your own, you know. <laughs> See, for me, I think it's a mix of both because we saw how Ichabod's mind just went to the worst case scenario before oh, we yeah. even got to the headless horseman. 100%. He was like, True. he heard the frogs going Ichabod, Ichabod. Yeah, he thought the <laughs> branches knocking against. Um, a log was, you know, horse hooves. Yep. So I do believe that he saw the headless horseman, but I think in all actuality, it was just Brom and Ichabod's mind was just so, you know, paranoid and fluctuated. When he looked down, he probably just saw Brom's jet black hair and was thinking like, oh, this is, there's nothing here. He really is the headless horseman. And you know his fear just drove him right on out. Yeah, you know, maybe I he would have fallen same. in the river, you know, which would explain, oh, well, we never found a body, yeah. and then that could also give us like, oh yeah, that's why he's got a wife and like, like yeah, kids. One hundred percent. It could it's could still be just Brom trying to chase him away, you know, like, but he accidentally died, and he's like, oh fuck, <laughs> you know, like whoops, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the worst ending. He could have got that's not, lie. not gonna lie, that's like the worst ending. And he accidentally died because he thought he was gonna die. <laughs> what? <laughs> that that's man didn't know how to swim. I, mean, I love how you could come to your own conclusion. That's that's what I love about this. Because like none of us yeah, are it's wrong. So open. None ending. of us are wrong. It is. Yeah. And and I love the, the how they really depict um autumn in New York. Like I'm you know. We're from upstate New York. Well, Matt and I are. And, like, mm-hmm. it just felt very authentic to the area. Um, especially with, like, the colors and the vividness and, like, the reds and oranges. Oh, yeah. And, it just, and like, during the dance party scene, before they're, um, right before, like, the Halloween party at the Van Tassels, like, they're dancing in Ichabod. It's dancing with Katrina and Brahms on the side of the, the side of the dance, like basically pouting like a middle schooler would be at like a seventh grade dance. And like, there's all these, these pumpkins and like the, the corns, like the dried corns and all that. And like, mm-hmm. it, like, I felt like I could touch everything. Like I knew the 3d space around it. Like I knew where everything was. I was like, Oh, I could sit on mm-hmm. the bench there. I could grab that pumpkin. I could like, like, I knew the spacing, especially for, like, a 2D animation. Like, that's hard to really pull off. Like, I felt like I knew, what, like, the whole room, um, like, uh, the layout of it. And I, th- I thought that was pretty impressive, how they did that. Oh, definitely. Uh, how they depicted Autumn is also kind of similar for down here because, you know, I live in Tennessee. <laughs> and we're starting to get, you know, some of those, you know, fall leaves and weather and, you know, trees being barren now, like just the other day, I was riding through the countryside and I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm right in Sleepy Hollow looking at mm, all this, just groves and just miles of yeah. these trees changing. We got red, green, yellow, brown. It's just so very, very vivid. And even like the, the food and vegetables that were still, you know, last harvest of the season. I'm like, yeah, I can see the farms right now just. Last minute pumpkins and pieces of corn, maybe a random potato or two. 
just everything just super, super like fluid and vivid. I felt like I was right in the country of somewhere. God. Yeah. Yeah, You're, no, 100%. You just, I had the same feeling now, like yesterday, me and my dad had to go out somewhere. And it's really for, well, for Josh, no, Josh knows we're like right around Rhinebeck. Like we're on nine, like right on 9G. And we're like on like in this like back road, like uh, of Rhinebeck, like back roads and everything. So everything's like, like what should be like one lane, but it's like two, it's still two. But like we're driving around and just me and my dad, we got my truck finally working. So I had to get a pipe for him, for him. He has a pro, he has a project. So we're driving and my dad just says, it feels like I'm just, it's, it's, it's really fall. All the colors is happening. And it finally yeah. hits me. I'm like, the same way Jerry's saying, I'm like, it feels different. My dad's like, actually says the same thing. He's like, sleep, this is like the sleepy hollow crap. Like, like, all right. Then we end up finding a house. Like, we didn't get to the destination properly because we skipped it. It's so, everything's behind the woods, not on this road. And we end up finding a place to be able to turn around in. And it's like this old, like, house that it's like it's a winery tastery setup, but like the whole building, it's just set up like it's just Halloween. Like it felt like you're just ready for a freaking a party to go into because it's like it has the corn stalks, has the freaking pumpkin set up, <laughs> everything you're describing. It had. I'm like, all right. Then we turned around and found the right place, but every, this like little side road, like Jerry's like saying, it's falls here. It's the settings. Yeah. Even, like, it being set in, like, when is this, like, the late 1800s or 1800s, like, in this movie, like, I feel like it, yeah. it, it's almost kind of, like, timeless mm -hmm. at the same time. Like, I feel like I could go there and, like, it wouldn't feel like a different time period. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is just fall. <laughs> you know, this is just what it is. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Oh, definitely. It's, it encapsulates so much of what fall is. Because what do people always do during fall? You know, it's the last minute teaching for kids. Everybody's getting ready to have some kind of autumn party. And, of course, without a doubt, you have, you know, the drifters that come in town because it's getting ready to be cold and they need, you know, someplace warm with food. Yeah. No, 100%. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Um, do you guys have last-minute things you want to say about – uh? Disney's Legend Sleepy Hollow. I have one thing, but I want I want you guys to talk first. Since I went first, I'm going to cut Matt off. <laughs> did it? You did it. <laughs> it. Uh, I just have very few things to say. I want to shout out a couple of other scenes that really just wowed me. Uh, first off, when he's given the private lesson, the private lessons to you know a few of the moms how they you know extenuate his neck to show you know holding a note i was like oh that's yeah. really kind of different i didn't catch that at first i did that was something i had to rewind um the entire like dance and party you know from the time ichabod's there dancing all the way to the time he leaves just how exuberant they put the detail into the shadows to really mm -hmm. show like yeah there's you know, even though this is, you know, a lively place full of people, there's still a couple of, like, dark corners where nobody's just there. It's empty space. And definitely want to give them big kudos for how they designed the Headless Horseman. 
that's always my favorite oh, yeah. design. I've never watched this, but I have seen, you know, this depiction as far as imagery. And honestly, I'm I'm probably gonna add this into my Halloween uh, you know, watch yearly because I've already watched Pumpkinhead, so I got that out of the way. <laughs> oh nice. And yeah, no, this is definitely even though I hate I don't I go I don't hate Ichabod. I just think he's a bum and a predator. And he got what he deserved, whatever it may be. But this is, I love this a lot, especially because it's so whimsical. This is a perfect 10 out of 10. I would show this to anybody. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I'm going to go, I'm going to follow with Jerry with like saying this is probably my favorite redemption, like, like design for the Headless Horseman. I do have other ones because I do like cre- like creepy ones. If I do want to see a proper headless horseman that's just more original, this is the one I keep like like Jerry says, keep seeing around everywhere else. Um, with I basically I love the animation for like Jerry said with the dancing, but mostly I love the animation just flat out for the the, the ride back from the party. That's my best part of it oh yeah if i could just literally just watch that over like what we just talked about i'd be like that'd be my like one part i would like just keep constantly just watching because there's so much shit just happening with the noises and effects like we talked about and yeah my issue is gonna be so ichabob but i do give this thing overall for the storytelling the characters artwork how much work they put into it from like a later time period um Back then, I'm not gonna lie. Back then, Disney had fucking amazing art. It's just they yeah. knew what they're fucking doing. Well, yeah. nowadays this, I, this I get my grossed out. Yeah, it just oh, easy. it just it doesn't make Disney movies nowadays don't make sense, and they cut away from like all the best artwork. They just now do CGI work. Now it's just like all right, here's another CGI bleh, to you. And we're just gonna do that. Like I'm so I'm so surprised they haven't tried to touch this freaking like piece yet and try to bring it up to date with like CGI bullshit or something. Walt Disney's um, frozen head said no. I hope they don't do that. Uh, <laughs> they've done that with everything. Just, else. Yeah, they have. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah. Other than that, like, every, like this is like the proper time. Like with like it has the best animation. I love. And I will say the one thing I do like the the only thing I do love about Ekabob, other than like for his character wise, that he's a fucking ostrich the whole time. <laughs> but uh, I do give it a ten. I probably would watch it again, or if someone does have it like on TV, I'll probably watch it and sit there and do that. But I kind of am curious what the other movie was bundled to this thing on Disney Plus. Oh, <laughs> the yeah, Toad. that's a good point. Did you ever Mr. watch Toad? that? Did you ever see the Mr. Toad? Did I don't remember. The thing Mr. is, I know Toad. That sounds Toad. I know Frog yeah, and Toad, but it's definitely the wrong things. It's like, so, isn't it, fro- like the, it has a frog in the fancy jacket yeah, with a pocket watch. I know that. Jacket, basically. Yeah, so... um. I did. I did watch this. I did watch the Toad part. So this was a double feature 
back in the day. So it was like Ichabod and the Adventures of Mr. Toad. The Adventures of Mr. Toad was a story from England, and they they do the same thing where they take a book off the shelf of the library and they open it up and like, you know, here's the story of Mr. Toad. Um, and then after that, they have like a different narrator for that one, and then after that, they close the book and then you hear Bing Crosby. That's why he's like saying in the beginning, "Oh, well, us Americans have our own tales of our of our own," and then like he opens okay. the book and goes in. So that's why it's kind of like putting dirt a little bit in the the Englishman's eye. <laughs> but uh, funny. So it it was a double feature, and I guess during uh, times of war, during the World War Two, um, they didn't have like enough funding to do like a full featurette. So like they did, what was the first one? Uh, not Sleeping Beauty. What's it called? Snow White. They did Snow White. Well, like the first feature, it was like thirty-nine something around there. That came out first, and then the like the, America was like in depths of the war, and then they had like no funding to make like a full feature. So that's why during a lot of the nineteen forties, they would have like double features or like a, a bunch of like cartoons like combined into like one feature. So that's why this is like a double feature. Um, the Mr. Toad thing's okay. I never watched it until like very recently, until like the I think the past like two years is like when I first watched it. Um, I'm glad I seen it. It's not something I would like, like put. No, it's, it's <laughs> good for what it is. There's a character named Mr. Winky, so it, it's good for just just having a character named Mr. Winky. <laughs> this was a book, right? I think. I think. What? What's that? Mister Toad and Mister Frog was a book, right? That's what I remember. No, no, that's, that's exactly. short story. That's like that's, era, that's later. That's all I remember. Era. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Because I was going to say, I'll when you describe that, yeah. I remember my mom having this book and reading it to her class. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, like, that's a that's a different story, I guess. I don't know if it has any correlation. I don't think it does. But well, no, that's, that's funny Mr. you bring that Frog up. Frog and Mr. Toad, they look like they're just like standalone, like hangout guys. They just sit around like in like a village and they're like they're those guys. There's the grumpy toad and the frog that's just like, Hey guys, what's up? I'm here to hang out, yeah. bullshit if you start some shit and then walk yeah. away. From you. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Toad in the animated short is like very exuberant. Like he's always about the next best thing, like in technology and this and this, he's like really game a motor car. He wants he wants a motor car, um, which is like the next best thing. And then after that, he wants a flying. He wants a plane. Um, it's worth watching for the animation alone. Um, but it, this sleeping, I think this Sleeping Beauty. I mean, not Sleeping Beauty. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow <laughs> is so much better. Um, it's like I. I anyway. To get off of Mr. Toad, um, this there's there's one thing I want to mention. Well, two things I want to mention. The background characters, they they're very simple looking. Like if you notice, every character has a round nose, and Ichabod. They have a lot of the character. similar features. Yeah, they're all like very similar because they like they didn't want anyone to be distinct compared to Ichabod. You know, Ichabod had to be the weird lanky ostrich like matt likes to call him that that really stands out and like all the other background characters are just like 
you know, they're they're unique, but they're like kind of similar in the same way. They don't really stand out as much as Ichabod does. Like Ichabod's the only one with a pointy nose. Everyone else has a round nose. Um, so like that, that's why they kind of drew them like that. Like they all have their unique personalities, but Ichabod's the one who's like really looks weird. Um, He's a bird. You know, for, for, for design. Um, also, there's a lot of similarities with this and um, like Beauty and the Beast, just with like the Brom Bones character. It seems like they, they yeah. pulled a lot from that character. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gaston, um, you know, he's like the hero of the town. He's, you know, he's not really a villain, but he is <laughs> at the same time. I guess Gaston's more of a villain than Brom Bones is. Um, Gaston cornered the egg market of that village and forced them to starvation. He is a dictator. <laughs> wow. I, okay. did, I, I did the math on all the eggs he was eating. This man should have died from protein overdose. Oh, uh, with, with 12 dozen eggs. And uh, now he does. No, wait, no. Four dozen. He eats four dozen eggs when he's a lad. And then when he's a man, he eats five dozen eggs. The, to help him be the size of a barge. That's so many eggs that the chickens would die from egg production. <laughs> He's a dictator, and they're letting uh, him get away with it. Well, that's an that's an argument for another podcast. <laughs> um, Gaston equals game. Steve, I I definitely agree with you. Gaston. Gaston. By the way, Gaston is my favorite character out of um, Beauty and the Beast. He's he's my favorite character out of the whole movie. Um, Oh shit! No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And another similarity, like when they're singing about like how strange Ichabod is, you know, like who who's you know uh, whatever they're singing. um, Ichabod, what a name! Ba 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 da ba da da. And he's like reading a book, and he's leaving the town. And uh, the, there's like super. Uh, he's like very superstitious, which is setting up like he's like bringing the the black cat like underneath the, the the building. Like he's trying to get rid of that. He almost walks under a ladder, but mm-hmm. then he corrects himself. Um, he's walking out of town. And another comparison with Beauty and the Beast, Belle is like the odd one out of her town. And she's reading he's, her face is in a book, and she's, like, walking oh, out at yeah. the same time while they're singing I'm... about her. So they they definitely pulled a lot from this for Beauty and the Beast, which is, like, pretty so, interesting to kind of compare. So you could say that Beauty and the Beast is just a better version of Ichabod and Brow. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's better because I think it's, like, apples and oranges. Like, uh, you know? I um yeah, I wouldn't say it's better because I like this a lot. Like uh, like um you, you guys gave it ten, so you can't rate it any higher. <laughs> you know <laughs> I give it an eleven. We could go lower. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's all I wanted to say. The last comparison about uh Beauty and the Beast. I also give this a ten out of ten. I watch this every year. Highly, highly recommend this. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. It's like one of Disney's best animated features, I think. Especially, I think the runtime is perfect. It's like short, 
Yeah, eight points, no somebody, fat, everything. Minutes. Don't need anything longer drawn out. It's boom. Ichabod, no Brown, hot girl, confrontation, done. Yeah. And there's exactly. no freaking voices throughout the whole thing. There's mute mostly. There's only narration, narra- uh, narrator talking most of the time. And there's little talking. Yeah, big like, yeah. Four songs. And you still get the picture, right? Like, hi. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, wow, 10 out of 10 all around. That's that. I, it's not a first, but it's a rarity. This is a rare. It is a rarity. Mm-hmm. Rare emotions. When we all well, match scores, but I don't give tens out very easily. You gotta wow me. I give them out only when there's old animation. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> or or um, radio shows. <laughs> or very bad movies. Not just. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're gonna move on to the 1999 Tim Burton's. Um. I wouldn't even call this, I guess, a classic. Uh, that's kind of stretching. It's a film. But um, it's a movie <laughs> directed it's by Tim Burton for 1999 starring Johnny Depp uh, Christ- and a Christina Ritchie. Um, and based on the story of Sleepy Hollow, obviously. So, Max, would you like to discuss yeah. Tim Burton's version of Sleepy Hollow? Uh, okay, so... <laughs> With this one, I'm just going to try to make it quick. So, <laughs> basically, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to lie. I do, I have watched this multiple times. Me and my dad do watch this movie. We do just like watching it because of, like, how it is. We love Tim Burton shit. So, um, what's it called? It, okay, this movie is a weird movie. It's, if you don't like Tim Burton, what the fuck's that noise? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to clean my You open a beer in church. okay no but uh if you're not a big uh tim burton fan you're not gonna like the vibe of how this movie gets portrayed and how the story goes onwards but it's basically a murder mystery movie that happens with the sleepy horror sleepy hollow story on top of it so you don't get the whole ichabod's a teacher vibe he's more like I work at a morgue, and he is becomes a exploit. He slowly becomes a detective throughout the whole movie, and he is trying to understand what's going on with these murders that keep happening. That like they keep losing people, keep losing their heads. These very important figures in this in this town, and as he's solving it, he goes on onward and onward, figuring out, and he does end up finding this woman that is like kind of like a love interest, but ends up. Being like cussed on his gains, <laughs> just seen that now. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but uh, he does like he doesn't like fall in love with her. He mostly works with her throughout the whole movie, and they end up finding out like there was like the background of the head of this horseman was that he was a, I believe he was a soldier that. Like a, like a, he was like a so like a warrior soldier like something like that that died and he was buried in this one spot but his head has been taken and being used for witch like rituals and he keeps coming back to life every time of the se- every time of the season to reap his havoc and uh what's it called it takes on worth with this whole thing and like they end up getting to the point of finding out who's doing the controlling of the headless horseman and they end up getting back 
his head to the headless horseman, and his horseman would be able to was able to take up his basically his revenge for not resting properly and drag the bitch to hell. Basically, that's what happens at the end. But he takes on like his vampiric end like face to this this uh, ending with his uh his character because. They don't describe as the main person that's uh, uh, Christopher Walken's as a yeah. vampire. He's not a vampire in the beginning until the end. You get like this vampiric teeth. I don't think he thing. is. I don't think he is a vampire. I think he just no. He's not, teeth. but it's just the design is like how yeah. yeah. It's like a strange, but he doesn't have that in like you don't see that in the beginning when they start talking about the characters real backstory before it turns into the headless horseman but yeah it's like it's a it's a weird collaboration with it i do this is the character i kind of wanted uh ichabod to be more like the timid styled not like this like out go getting i'm gonna bitches and get some shit going on here i was expecting to be more timid and learn everything this way and not like be like actually like threatened by this gentleman like trying to get the girl that he's supposed that he knows he's supposed to get at the end and like and all this other stuff that we got from the cartoon i was expecting yeah like ichabod be really timid not yeah i i get that um i think that's also pretty fair the whole rest of yeah. the movie is not what i was expecting but the character of him being timid don't know what he's getting himself into this that's what I'm getting. Like that's that's what I was expecting more of him. That's I mean, what I do like about this Ichabod. Like like I'd said before, the Disney Ichabod is very not... accurate to the book. So like I know, I know. Yeah. But, I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just saying, to me, this Let's is change like, the book. What he wants. Yeah, you change the book, Matt. Go back in time. <laughs> I will. I got a pencil sharpener. I got it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, That's a shout out. Yeah, so the the big difference sports. between the Ichabods, <laughs> the big big difference between the Ichabods is uh is played by Johnny Depp first of all, which is he's not a bad-looking guy. He does not look like a scarecrow like in the original source material. No. And he's yeah, not a schoolmaster. Right. He's like a investigative constable detective. Oh, he's like a yeah private investigator or something yeah 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 exactly um where it kind of comes it feels like to me it kind of comes out of nowhere he's like living in new york city and in the book he's originally from connecticut he's not from new york washington irving mm -hmm. is from new york city who's the writer of the story um anyway mm -hmm. uh He's, yeah, he's from New York, and then, like, uh, Christopher Lee's like, you're going to Sleepy Hollow for some reason. <laughs> and then they just kind of send it's him on his way. It kind of just seems like it was out of nowhere. I don't know if you guys felt like that. I was like, oh, okay. It definitely, <laughs> watching the short to the movie, I'm like, this, that doesn't feel, that doesn't sound right. This is not what yeah. I like, no. I liked it no. at the end when they showed New York fucking snowing. That's always cool. But I'm like, mm -hmm. no, this isn't. Take me back to the, take me back country road. 
Take me home. Country Take, Take me home. home. <laughs> you play not alone. <laughs> I will say this. I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan through and through. But and I while I did like his Ichabod being, you know, the more timid kind of what the hell am I doing here? I didn't yeah. too much care for it on some of the scenes. He felt well, this was also young Johnny Depp, so he didn't have too many movies under his belt then. But he felt, you know, jagged, like it would be a scene with him, and then it'll do a cut. And it'll just kind of focus on him. I'm like, this is weird. He doesn't, it's like he doesn't know what to do to fill that empty time, if that makes sense. No, I feel, no, I, I think that's what saying. they're going for. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's what they're going for with this character because this character is more like the more like I'm like explaining it because he was like more timid of a character. And like he kind of feels like he's slowly learning about what he's doing. So in his own head, he's trying to make himself look professional, but at the same time, he's making himself look like an ass because he doesn't know what he's really doing because he's learning on the job as well as doing mm-hmm. the job. And nobody's really doing things with him, and he's taking wild guesses. So it gets more just like, like I feel like John Johnny was doing a good job trying to figure out how would I feel being like, uh, what's it called, like an actual person that's brand new on the job technically to this sorts because like how often like i bet he didn't do murder mysteries in this kind of a sort where he's trying to figure out people getting their head chopped off and like doing this in some kind of cornfield in the midst of everything and he's just like i'm used to being in the freaking city that guy got shot that guy got like took in there this where this and like it was easier to solve maybe than then everything else is like additional adds to it including what's it called like uh johnny depp's been in the circuit for at least since like was it the first yeah since the first uh nine martin elm street i believe that's 1984 he's got yeah he did 15 years edward he did edward scissorhands with tim burton and uh was that the 90s like yeah he did edward and tim burton before this movie i mean tim burton he did Edward well, and Edward Scissorhands before this movie. Um, so they already had a good grounds. I think um, they're trying to go for like almost hokier acting um, to be like reminiscent of like older style, like horror movies from the era of like Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff and mm. even maybe even further with like Christopher Lee's version of Dracula with the Hammer films. I feel like this is the style is very reminiscent of the four of the Hammer horror films, like with Christopher Lee and all mm-hmm. that, because the blood is very vivid and very red and very oh, like, yeah. fake looking. Oh, yeah. And it, it yeah, looks it, like the blood from like 70s horror movies. And I think that's what it the looks like paint. they're trying to go for. Yeah. It, it looked like Which paint. is not a bad thing. Yeah, I like was. how it looks. I it's like obviously it. not real. <laughs> And I think I think that's the best um, attributes to this movie is aesthetics and the atmosphere and how the look of the movie, the storytelling is a little something else. It's a little, it's a little so-so wonky. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm into like it. Some of the... when... Wait, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, some of the scenes I'm watching, I'm like, this is this is kind of putting me to sleep. Like, you've got some good stuff, and then eh, you're kind of boring me. No, here. I, felt, I felt like It's kind too. of like, like I, it gets repetitive a little bit in yeah. the midst of it. It definitely does, like, in the mm-hmm. middle of it. I feel like the beginning, I like the setup, even though it's different, like him <laughs> – discovering the body in the Hudson and all that. And like, even though it feels a little bit rushed that he's going to sleepy hall, it's like, whatever he's going, we're getting to the main point. I like the beginning setup, like where he's kind of discovering the bodies and he's looking into it and he takes the, the cadaver and he puts it on the table and Emperor Palpatine's like, this is more thought, most unorthodox. And he's like, I need to operate on this body and the blood splattering in this, the face. Like, I like the gags that mm-hmm. they had. And I think towards the middle, once it becomes like this whole conspiracy about like who's who's screwing who and who's controlling the headless horseman, yep. like that stuff yep. was not interesting me to me at all. Like, I did not care about it. And like, once um, you kind of figure it out, it's like, all right, I'm not really that surprised that it's the evil stepmother. Um, even though she like supposedly dies, but um, the ending when the headless horseman's like chasing them, I was into. I think it's really the mate. The middle is like where it's really lacking. I think the beginning's pretty good and the the ending's pretty strong, especially uh, when the, like the headless horseman's like chasing them around. Like that's the fun stuff. But if after we didn't have, sorry, uh, if we didn't have like the politics in it but like that's the thing yeah know? there's so much politics through me setups. that's where we're getting the slow part in the middle 100%. no 100%. like if it was more <laughs> like they claim this as like a more of a smaller town if it was a more of a smaller hmm. uh, sleepy hollow like we had in like the cartoon and we didn't really have like that maybe noble people like rich people everywhere yeah. like in this in this sleepy hollow like you tripped on a rich guy like Ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's his name. He owns the milk farm over there that makes $20,000 million. All right, yeah. this guy's over there. <laughs> no, I, I definitely yeah. agree with and you. It, one thing that definitely, like, I understood it, but it did. I'm like, I, I don't care about this at all. Is his yeah. backstory on, you know, when he was a kid? I'm like, Oh, okay. the mom obviously That was so yeah, weird. Like, when, I'm like, this makes no sense. I'm very uncomfortable. I need an adult. (laughs) That's Tim Burton, though. And the kid kid looked kind of weird. Like, no, not to make, no offense to the kid. He had a weird, like, smiley face. The helper? He looked like he got fucking swirlies growing up. (laughs) Like, it was, I felt really bad. Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp's character Ichabod as a kid, he looked kind of funny. Okay. And then his like, I feel like with the mom, they kind of oversexualized the mom, and it felt fucking weird because like he's reminiscing of like the memories of his mom, and like her tits are fucking just out, you know, like yeah, yeah, they're just out in her his face, and like you see him. You see him looking at the mom, and he has a smiley face. I'm like, you're not looking at your mom. You're looking at her rack right now. And it was fucking weird. And I didn't like that. It just Another felt like he was, just was staring weird. right there. What, what was she doing in the field of flowers? Just, just like a hippie. She was 
Oh, she flying. She was flying too during that I scene. Hate, no, that was awful. <laughs> and then the thing when she's in the Iron Maiden and she just pops out like a jack in the box, all bloodied and crap. I'm like, what does this have to do with anything yeah. with the sleeping hollow or the headless horseman? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, right when they did, they even did the, the thing with Brom Bones and like kind of love triangle. They just did, um, you know, they did the scene with the bridge and he crosses the bridge and Brom is like pretending to be the headless horseman. It about like passes out. I don't know if you guys noticed, but this is direct homage to the Disney movie where Brom is chasing him down the bridge and the like at first you get the frogs, you get the same thing with the frogs repeating his name, Ichabod, Ichabod, Ichabod. Yes, I did notice that. Did, I'm it, like, okay, so they're paying a little respect to the to the original. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. So they pulled pulled that directly from the Disney animated movie. And then um uh right like after that the like Brahms version of the headless horseman posing like throws the pumpkin directly at the camera it's the exact same angle um so like i was like okay so they're at least playing paying respects to the disney version and it just made me feel like mm-hmm. oh tim burton just wanted to make that but i'm like that was already made so like you didn't have to do that <laughs> you know like uh, um, now, one thing <laughs> I absolutely thought was amazing, even though I was like, okay, I think this is goofy, but I do like it, is the setup to control the horseman. You need his head and to, and to perform yeah, the ritual. Yeah, that makes sense. I do like that, yeah. You know, it adds a, an, another layer to... Uh, it adds another layer to the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Like, okay... So the headless horseman is basically a vengeful revenant that anyone can use, and then also the fact that the stepmother and the other lady are both related. Although I did piece that together because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not too surprised by that. Yeah. And then oh. when the one thing I thought was very out of pocket was when the What's what's his name? He was real scummy looking. He was the dude who got shot in the in the uh townhouse or the church or whatever. Dude who got shot. because um, he was the one who was boning the stepmom. Oh, the oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's <laughs> yeah. Um the guy from Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah. I'm like what's his why name? is <laughs> why do we need to see them banging? And why hand Smear it on his back and feed it to him. That's that ain't right. That's not right. The doctor banging <laughs> one of the servants. That ain't right either. I'm like, yeah. why do I need this banging here, Tim Burton? I'm cool seeing decapitations and the fact that you're also showing the vertebra of the severed head. I don't need the banging. You have enough of a movie without the banging. Yeah. I did. I did feel like yeah. that too. Like it, it, it was like weird. That's what I mean. Like getting back to like the mom sequences and like that. What that you mentioned. Like it was like weirdly sexual, Place. where I felt like it didn't need to be. It didn't like serve a purpose to the story. Um, like him reminiscing about his mom and like her boobs are out. Like it just like felt weird and just like 
got under my skin in the wrong way. I'm like, ah, uh, it's his mom. Like maybe like have her have a higher dress. You know, she could be pretty, but she doesn't need to really be stacked like that. (laughs) You know, like I don't think that's like you could have given her some (laughs) blue eyes or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that wasn't, yeah, it just felt weird. All that stuff was weird. I definitely agree. But (laughs) enough of the weird stuff. I did like the actor that they got to do a lot of the stunts for the horseman. He blew me away, honestly. Like whenever I saw, I heard like the ho- the hooves of uh, stomp uh, stepping. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm about to get a very excellent scene of whatever's about yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely he, the scenes like where the horseman was there, like chasing, pursuing them, was the highlights of the movie for sure. The guy who did that. He could have basically had the movie be about him because everything he did was good from when he went around beheading everyone that the stepmom wanted, even to the small fight that he did with um, that one guy. I can't remember his name. And Ichabod's telling him, like, no, you don't have to fight. We can run away. Be safe. And then he gets fucking bisected. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is like Mortal Kombat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the the i i kind of like i like the backstory of the horseman how he's uh like part of like the war and he lost his head because like uh well i think well in the original story i think it's because of cannibal hits his head and this they like just decapitate him because he's been yep. cutting everyone else's head mm-hmm. off um i thought that was cool i i don't but i don't Christopher Walken in general is just funny, and him as the headless horseman just going ah ah, it's just like takes me completely out of it, and I just see Christopher Walken yelling. You know that's what he's doing, and it's just like that's not why I imagine the headless horseman to be when he has a head to be Christopher Walken ah. <laughs> You know the funny thing is, I never knew that was Christopher Walken for so long. I didn't know, like I, I know Christopher Walken in like here and there movies, not a bunch. And I was yeah. watching that when I was younger. I never knew that was Christopher Walken. The only <laughs> movie like, I know Christopher yeah. Walken from is Seven Psychopaths, and that's it. And the same thing happened. Oh, I'm like, man. this dude is too funny looking for me to take him seriously. Yeah, 100%. I, I 100% am with you there. It's the way he <laughs> talks sometimes. It's just like... Um, it's his face. His cheekbones sit too far back. What's that? And just like right, him as the headless horseman just does not work. It just does not no, work. It's it's <laughs> like... That's like giving Willem Dafoe to play freaking uh, Kingpin. Yeah, no, you're, you're pretty much right. Yeah, it's not good. And it's, then, like, with the you over, can do it, over but, exaggerated, but, like serrated teeth. Like he might as well, like Matt was saying, be a vampire. He might as well be a different character. I was thinking like, the same thing, that? and Matt beat me to it. I'm like, he's basically trying to be Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, but it's like a great value version. Not even great value. Whatever the the next step under great value is. Yeah. Oh my god, I, here's the phase that Josh was talking about. Yeah! 
Yeah, and then he bit the chick's lips. I'm like, why are you eating her lips? You've never been a cannibal. This doesn't make sense. It, it was pretty weird. Um, the so the stuff I want to say that I like, I I I got I I said everything that I didn't really like, but um, I think the child actor who plays young Masbin awesome. is the best awesome, actor dude. in the movie. I think he did the. I think he's like the the star of the show. I think I think he did a phenomenal job. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I really like that kid actor. Um, I like everything kid. he did, the first meeting Johnny Depp, even all the way to helping him, like he has a musket, and he's learned enough. Like, okay, black powder goes in, then your cloth, then you know the the, the ball, then you got to mm-hmm. you got to pound it all down, and then and he's. He, I think he hit the headless horseman too, didn't he? He shoots. Yeah, I think he does shoot the headless. I think, horseman. He does, I think he shoots, even if he does, the fact that he knows how to shoot a musket of that caliber at such a tiny yeah. frame is pretty damn good. Mm. Yeah, he saves. He saves them at the end of the movie. Like, uh, like he shoots. Uh, no, he hits uh, the stepmother in the head or something like that uh, with the musket. I don't know. He mm-hmm. does something. But he's actually useful in the story, and I, I, I thought his acting he's... wasn't like hokey. You know, I felt like Johnny Depp's acting was a little hokey, like you were saying, Jerry. And I think he's yeah. kind of doing that on purpose. I think it is like kind of a gimmick. But I feel like this kid fit like a a, a good balance of like what universe he is, and he's like a believable enough. But like he, you kind of he knows that he's like in a make-believe world at the same time. Um, I, th- I thought he was the best actor in the movie, to be honest. Oh, um, easily. His, Mar- his, his name is Mark Pinkering, so I just wanted to yeah, I'm tr- give I'm him a shout-out. I'm trying to find out. out what other movies he's in. Tim Burton with weird stuff equals Quentin Turkin? What, what is Quentin that? Turkin? I don't get that I- joke. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Quentin Turkin even is. So his first <laughs> movie was Sleepy Hollow. That's his first oh, well, movie. Oh, good for him. He did fucking awesome. He's the he's then the best I... actor in the movie. <laughs> what else? Um, I, I, I don't I understand don't... what that means, but... Unblocked. Um... What was I finna say? Right. The the tree. I want to talk about the grave that oh, they made yeah. for the Headless Horseman. Okay. And how the yeah. fact that he turned into this distorted tree. And then, you know, obviously there was the theatrics of it, but at the near like the base ground, there was all those roots essentially covering the portal to hell where all the other heads were. Mm-hmm. I thought that was such a very unique way to show, like, this man was evil in life and even in death. He can twist the world around him and contort it to ugliness. Yes, I do. I like thought that, that was a really interesting thing. It's a it's a very small thing, I know, but for me, I'm like, it really, you know, hammers it, the nail down on this person being absolutely the the worst of the worst. I like yeah. about the tree part is when Johnny Depp's hacking away at the tree and he rips away the bark and it looks like flesh. And it's not bark. He's really ripping ripping away stuff. 
Uh, And, like, we see the blood coming off of it, too. And then we get into, like, uh, what Jerry said, like, the heads are in the freaking tree. And I'm like, all right, this thing's more, like, this is more than a tree. You get the point of, like, what's going on. Like, Jerry says, the portal basically the fucking hell. So, it's it's a neat way of, like, they're doing this whole thing. The tree is an actual living organism of the Headless Horseman as well. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with and that. Some... It, it kind of opens your mind, like, oh, there's another dimension. Like, you don't. If you think... It just, like, adds more to the story. Yeah. If you think about it, the Headless Horseman's corpse was the seed that grew that fucking tree, probably. The setup. Without it. Something else that I like have... <clears throat> something else I like how they utilized was Katrina this time around making her more central to the plot like okay this is directly involving your dad and your stepmom okay that's cool you know I wasn't expecting her to be putting up all the you know especially after the first kiss she and uh, Ichabod I was like oh you know maybe she'll show up back on screen and give him the courage he needs but she was actively putting, you know, protection spells and wars around him to protect him from mm-hmm. evil. And the particular one that she used under his bed frame was the protection of a loved one. And it's like how she said before, I had a mind to give you my heart, which means, you know, after their first kiss and probably maybe a little bit of, you know, pillow talk like conversation, she was like, Okay, I'm starting to swoon over this man. Perhaps I would like to, you know, court him. And, you know, I guess she also knew from the, I'm not going to say from the beginning, but I'm going to say probably halfway through the movie, she figured out, yeah, my dad's behind this, and I'm at least going to protect this guy because I like him a little bit more than what I originally thought. And even at the end when he gets shot by the stepmom, you know, it's the book that her mother owned, you know, of all the protection charms and wards that once again, you know, she gave to him and inadvertently saving his life. Because, you know, before Katrina, she was like, oh, Ichabod, let me use you to make my main squeeze jealous. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I mean, Brom is like basically a useless character in this. Like they kind of like set him up like he's gonna he be boarded with Katrina, and then like he instantly dies from the headless horseman, and then she is instantly over it. It's like not even she doesn't even bat an eye. She's just like, yeah, he's dead. Let's I'm into you, Ichabod. <laughs> no, like it was just like uh, like nothing. Like it didn't even I matter. forgot <laughs> that was his name. I forgot that's even he was a character character. I thought he was just a place in person. Just for the shit like shits and giggles of the movie. That's <laughs> what I mean. Like it's, it's it doesn't even matter. Like he didn't even need to be in the movie and it wouldn't change anything. And he's such a no central point to the original story in the Disney version. Like you can't Not you almost movie. can't have a have a sleepy hollow story without him, but like they, he, they didn't, didn't utilize, really utilize him in any significant way. Yeah, no. Exactly. So. I like, <laughs> I like what Tim Burton did to change certain things about the movie because it did add certain dramatics that I yeah. think the Hayless Horseman tale did benefit from. 
But certain things that he also did as far as creative liberties, I'm like, yeah, you know, Tim Burton, this isn't really what you needed to do. Hopefully, you know, you never do this again. <clears throat> but it's, you know, overall, I don't hate <clears throat> I don't hate the movie. I just I wish he changed up a little bit of the small things because it almost made it too uncomfortable at a lot of points, like yeah. I said before. I feel like that too. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like I like you said, I I, I like how he switched up into his own thing. Because if he just kind of told the, the regular Headless Horseman story, I think we would have been like, oh, we've seen this, you know, we know what's happening. Um, I do like how there's like more uh, supernatural elements, like the witches and like the witch and the, the, the cave. I kind of wish that was more set up, though. Like the, the townsfolk were like, there's witches out in the woods. Like, don't go out there. Like. They didn't really talk yeah. about it. It's just like he just kind of runs into him and finds out like his answers, and then that's kind of it of that witch. You know, like it should have been He's like just kind of there and forgotten. About. Yeah, yeah. I wish I was established with the townsfolk. Like, there's witches out there. There's ghouls. Like, there's there's more than just the headless horseman. But the headless horseman, out of all the things that are out there, is the worst thing. And you get all that set up with just that song. You in the Bing Crosby version, like there's ghosts and goblins, but the ones who the one who's worse is the headless horseman, you know, mm-hmm. and that that was done in a song, you know, and you get it, you know. I wish in this they they established a little bit more with the world building, um, with the other specters, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do feel I agree without a doubt. Personally, you know, I'm a big, you know, lore and mythology kind of guy. So I was like, there's witches. Why didn't you set it up to where the stepmom was like, I tried every spell I could muster, every kind of, you know, anything really. Hell, even another demon to say, you know, to try to dissuade your father and all of this so I could amass this fortune before she got to the route of the Headless Horseman. Especially considering her mother was a witch, her sister's a witch, and the stepmother's also a witch. So you could have said, you could have added in like an extra small layer of, yeah, we've had problems with magic over in this area before, but that's long gone now. This just to, you know, like an issue. make it just a touch more. What's the word I want to say? I guess just a touch more to fit the theme you're building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, because, you, you know, you've got Satan. You have an undead killer demon. You know, what's one more thing to add in, you know, just confirming that magic exists in this universe? Yeah, yeah. Even if the town folks were like a little bit more superstitious, like, oh, there's mm-hmm. shit out there, like it's not just the headless horseman. I think that would have worked. That would have helped. Uh huh. Um, the ending with the windmill and how they set it ablaze um, is very, very reminiscent of the original Frankenstein movie with Boris Karloff, where they burned down the windmill with the monster still inside. 
and then uh, continues on. Well, prior to Frankenstein, you realize that the monster's not dead. In this version, the monster's not dead. The headless swordsman is still. Um, he walks out like Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, that was definitely direct homage to Frankenstein. I don't know if you guys picked that up. Um, but, uh, yeah. I still have <laughs> not had a chance to watch the original Frankenstein. Uh, Nope. Was it last year we watched that one, Josh? We watched Bride <laughs> of Frankenstein last year. Oh, Bride. I think it was last year. I don't know. It was right before Jerry joined the podcast. I don't know. Um, but I got to say, Bride of Frankenstein, original Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein is better than the original Frankenstein. But they're both worth watching. Oh, wow. but Bride of Frankenstein is that much better, for sure. <laughs> There, I think that's I know we're probably really going to get ready to wrap up. I just wanted to touch yeah. on a few more things that you know Tim Burton yeah, always does that are his signatures. Um, definitely his use of dark tones when it came to the headless yep. horseman, and how he always set it up for the horseman's gonna just like in the Disney <clears throat> in the Disney movie, the horseman's gonna come from this thicket of pitch black woods and you're not going to know you know how fast he's coming how slow he's coming if he's going to have the the jack-o'-lantern head or not and then of course um even though i have a couple of hang-ups with johnny depp i did enjoy him turning in turning from a coward into a somewhat competent police officer detective magnum pi guy and who else? I I can't say this enough. I love how Katrina this time around was so impactful to the story. Like, oh, here's Ichabod. We're playing a game. I accidentally mm-hmm. kissed him instead of the other guy I've been seeing. I kind of think he's cute, but I'm not going to act on it. Like, in no instance did she ever act on her feelings. She kept it absolutely to a minimum. Like, even, like, the first time when she's sitting beside his bed after, I think the first time he sees the Headless Horseman, and she just gives him, you know, that warm embrace of a hug instead of going in for a kiss. I was like, yes, this is solid, solid, solid. No, I agree with you. There's a little bit more for their relationship than uh, the other one, I guess. Um <laughs> that's real i mean i said really every matt do you have any final thoughts what are your final thoughts with me i'm just like i'm i'm not i'm not like i enjoy this movie a lot because i watch it like almost every year and it's like i like it because i like like the one reason why i keep watching it every year is because i'm a huge fan of a uh, giant Depp, and i like tim Burton movies so i end up watching it every year because it's like a good ho- like Tim Burton movies and Giant Depp movies are always in a way always a Halloween time like a Halloween time movie setup, but like this mm-hmm. one's like the Headless Horseman, so like it feels like right to watch it during this time of the year. So that's like technically why I want to do it, and uh, and I like how like the character for like like Jerry like uh was it like I keep saying like I like how Giant Depp's character for Ichabod is this way. And how Jerry's like, oh yeah, he did improve at the end. I do like how he gets a character, like like improvement instead of just being like, 
in like the original story, he's just this guy that's going to town to town and he gets like uh, his his confidence boost is kind of like already up here. He like in this movie he needs to get that confidence kind of boost and get to the point where he has to be and i do like what jerry was saying like the the toning of the movie uh there is like the graphics wise i do like as well but i kind of wish they kind of like do like they kind of like changed up the endless horseman's design a lot more than what we actually got because i feel like they overly kind of did him than what we should have kind of got like his like his costume setup even like Christopher Walken's vampire teeth shit like we could have went with some like simpler mm-hmm. stuff because back then we weren't like superly fancied with stuff it was like it was still kind of more basic toned including he was a warrior I wouldn't assume he would be uh if he was a soldier I wouldn't assume he would be that decorative of like that outfit he would have like a look I went back and looked. He had like weird patterns on his chest and everything. I wouldn't. I would assume he would have like a different tone to it. But whatever. I feel like we were going more from like more of a like a, a like a United like like an England style design because in their tip like uh, storytelling they do have more flans- fancier flair to their costumes. Uh, but. No, they and don't. like, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you tell them that, okay. <laughs> but overall, I do like, I do, okay. I, I'll, I'll just, I'll take. Um, if I would change one little thing out of the whole movie, I would definitely get rid of the sex scene at the tree because we very didn't fucking need that, unless they mentioned like. Oh, it was part of a ritual to keep my bonds with the headless horseman shit. Then I would kind of, then I would kind of accept it. But at the same time, we could have worked around that setup. I mean, it was more of like a meaning to it than her just like I'm just doing it on this tree where supposedly he lies. So it's weird. I don't know. That's one good change I'll take out of it. Other than that, I would. Jared, did, uh, what did you rate? Did you even give rating? Like rating? No, no. Last words. All right, what's your rating? Um, I have a few things that I want to finish tying up. I'll let you give your rating first. Okay, I would say overall, I would give this at least like a six or a six and a half. I wasn't good. I'm not. It's not my favorite of a Tim Burton movie. I do enjoy it, but. Tim Burns down like I have other favorite Tim Burton Giant Depp movies out there than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with okay. that. Yeah, that's fair. I'm uh I'm a follow behind Matt. I'm I'm gonna give it a six and a half, <clears throat> maybe a seven if I you know further down the line I decide to watch it again. You know, like Matt said, I don't hate the movie. But this is definitely on the lower end of my Burton and Depp favorites. The it's okay. It's okay. The scenes with, you know, the, uh, young Ichabod's mother, you know, just having her boobs all out, and all this weird stuff they were focusing on it with her face weird. at times. I'm like, this is kind of uncomfortable. 
like you know i would have understood it if they were like oh ichabod's mom was a prostitute or something i'm like oh okay you know that does make sense she's trying to you know sell what she's got and then the sex scene at the tree i'm like yeah this is this is nothing but just trying to just show off i don't particularly see how they could have used it to further the ritual outside of just animalistic nature but i'm i'm gonna stick with a six and a half give it a seven yeah um i basically agree with both of you guys um i i just wanted to point out i like the fake cardinal <laughs> i like how fake it is <laughs> um, that's the stuff i like you know like i love the sets and i love how it's obviously not a real woods but like it's reminiscent of like old classic horror hollywood horror movies where it's like you know it's not really real but it's it's like dreamlike i do like that stuff the aesthetic and the the setting is uh what is really the most strongest things to me in this movie um mm. i would probably agree with you guys i'm somewhere between a six and a half and a seven um as well um i guess i'll do six and a half <laughs> um, it's I'm, I'm really glad yeah, we all we're all in agreement across the board. Usually, I rate stuff kind of all over the place, like high, low. This time, I'm like, this is I'm going right in the middle. Okay, I'm really so glad like... that that we all like the Disney adaptation. Like, I was kind of nervous. I was like, oh, I love this. I hope they do too. I, I, I thought, I thought one of us cartoons. That was when oh, I figured yeah. out that's what it was. I'm like, oh, this is perfect for me. <laughs> I thought one of us was going to rate this higher th than the cartoon. I thought that was going to happen, which didn't, which I'm pleasantly surprised. All right, we so, can always go higher. This is 11. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, it. when I saw it was Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, I kind of was a little apprehensive at first when I saw the year. I'm like, hmm. This was around the same time that Burton started doing the Batman movies. And while I liked them, they weren't super good, but they did impact my childhood. This is like a this decade like... after Batman. So Batman was 89. This is 1999. Yeah. So this is kind of when I feel like this is when Tim Burton was kind of slowly getting He's... into the other stuff, like the Planet of the Apes remake shit. And yeah. Like when you like, start in the alice in wonderland remake i feel like this is just the start just the beginning it's this still like oh it feels like a real tim burton movie but it's just the point where he's like leaning towards oh tim burton's not so great <laughs> you know like oh. alice in wonderland fucking sucks i don't care what you say Fuck that movie. I don't like it at all <laughs> <laughs> like, i can't take was... you serious with the wig at all <laughs> When you're saying that, it <laughs> fucking sucks. It does Oh, suck. God. Um, so, yeah, I think this is the tipping point, like, when Johnny, I mean, Johnny, when Tim Burton was kind of getting, tipping off the scale a little bit. Because um, I, I love, he, I love those Batman movies. That's a, I guess that's a discussion scared. for another day. 
Um, but wait, wait, was, uh, was it? Did Tim Burton do that barbershop one with uh, yes, Johnny Depp? Yeah, yeah I, 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 that was a good movie. That wasn't bad. That was a, like later in the two thousands. I think it was like, around two thousand. That was a later one. Yeah, that wasn't bad. He's got a few later movies that I like, but this one was like. Eh. I think this is just the beginning. When he's starting to kind of go downhill a little bit, this is just this beginning. Yeah. Um, well, he had a good run, like for that beginning time for him. Like, you know, someone has to trip at some point. Oh my what god! The wig is definitely Yamcha? giving. What is <laughs> Yamcha? No. Oh, I gotta look that up. Is this definitely help? not Yamcha? <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! But uh, okay, I so hate Josh, the big are we doing our guest right next now. week or how are we gonna do it? Oh no, the guest would be the twenty fifth, um, which is 25th. a Thursday. So it wouldn't. No, yeah, it might. I don't know what it is. I'll have to. I'll have to look into it. I think. <laughs> I think we should be fine. I think you're fine to right. um, to say your picks, Jerry. Um, All right. This is subject to change. We have to coordinate with our guest. But just to give you all more time, just in case it is later, I oh, it, will be. It, w- it would be, yeah. It would be next week. It would be next Thursday. Next week. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. But we so could do we could have... do an earlier one. We could do Tuesday if you want. We could do a double whammy. It's up to you guys. <laughs> I'm down. I don't care. <laughs> Let's do it. So I will be All making right. <laughs> these guys watch The Mask episode one and the first mask with Jim Carrey for next episode. Oh what? Oh fuck yeah. That's an, that's 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 a breeze. Yeah, fuck yeah, I could do that by Tuesday. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> Josh is waiting for a struggle. Like at the two I have to find the uh, first episode because the link that I was gonna use it um something it did something where it took me to a whole different website about selling products and i'm like i'm gonna find a different oh, website. Man. what kind of product it's, it's not like the ghostbusters one <laughs> no it was worse <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh jerry all right so um, you episode into? one of the mask and mask the and mask the movie with jim carrey not the remake no, it's the second okay. match. The no, we're no, we're not watching. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, all right, interesting, interesting choices. Um, so yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled for the mask episode one and the mask, uh, the first movie with starring Jim Carrey, I think it came in '94. I could be wrong. Uh, it is '94. I thought it was '95. No, it's ninety four, and your oh, animation was ninety five. You're like okay. two years off from each other. Is I'm so if you don't want to be spoiled the for the mask and the mask, make sure to watch that for next episode. Um, and yeah, I guess we're closing out that episode. So three, two, one. This is Josh from Batyard's Finest sending you up, up, up and away until next Batyard's Finest episode. This is Jerry, guiding you all with Green Lantern's light. And I'm Superman's pal, Matt. 
becoming well having us become super pals every episode oh wow i haven't done that in forever so give me a second you just you like <laughs> had it and then you I, you killed yourself i don't ate it like, I, just <laughs> it. I just crashed it ow all right because oh, you've done that super friends one episode at a time goodbye <laughs> time. thank you <laughs>